So, the big question is this. How are ambitious people like us, who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth, how do we become resourceful enough? Use our creativity, our dedication, and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams. Whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. Uh, today's interview is uh, building and growing a business without any cash infusion with Daniel Roberts. Uh, as always, I'm uh, your host, Manoj Agarwal. And I'm talking with the serial entrepreneur, Daniel Roberts, about the rules of the road on how to build and grow a business without infusing any cash that every entrepreneur needs to understand and follow. Uh, Welcome, Daniel. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we are excited too. Um, So Daniel is a successful entrepreneur and a wise uh, business advisor. She has uh, graciously consented to this interview and share her extensive knowledge and experience to help us stay on track in this area of business building and growth so that every entrepreneur can understand the rules on how to build a business from scratch and grow it with zero cash infusion. Danielle is uh, particularly an expert in the insurance sector, but her advice can apply to any business or startup. So let's jump right in. Uh, so, Danielle, my first set of questions will be about your background and experience as an entrepreneur so okay. that uh, our viewers and audience can understand who you are, where you're coming from, and how you can relate uh, to where they are right now. Sure. And then we'll jump into some specific questions about uh, business building and growth. So, uh, so to start with, could you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, education and experience? Sure. So I am in Fort Worth, Texas, and my brother and I are co-owners of an insurance agency called Boomer Benefits. And we help seniors who are aging into Medicare here in the United States with setting up their supplemental insurance. So it's a health insurance um, business. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have 46 employees, but we started with just the two of us back in 2005. Mm -hmm. And this... um, sector for me was totally new. So uh, we have been sort of lifelong entrepreneurs. When we were kids, we were always the ones knocking on doors in the neighborhood and asking if we could wash people's car or mow their lawn. And I remember my mom had us save up to buy a trampoline because she thought we would never be able to save enough money. And she didn't want us to have one. (laughs) And then she said, well, if you want one, you have to pay for it yourself. And it took us just one summer and we bought the trampoline. And so um, we were always very entrepreneurial kids. But, you know, I had worked, um, listening to a couple of your other episodes, I had worked for about 10 years in staffing and initially loved the job. And by the end of that 10-year period, I was totally burnt out and, you know, working 90 hours a week for someone else's business. And I know exactly how that feels. And so I just started looking around for another industry. Um, I wanted to do sales of some kind, but I didn't want to do it in staffing because when you sell people, that's a very unreliable product. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we used to help people find jobs and sometimes they would no show or things would happen. And so I didn't want to work in that field. I just looked for something else. And I 
and eventually ended up deciding on insurance because it's something that's not perishable. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to keep an inventory. I don't have to stock a bar or a restaurant with things that are going to go bad. And it's something that you can also start um, part-time if you want to, and you can start it in addition to other jobs. So I negotiated a part-time job with the company I was leaving. Mm -hmm. I took uh, a piece with me that I had handled for a long time and agreed to continue to manage that piece um, for a very small salary. I think they paid me $25,000 a year or something like that, just enough to keep bread on the table mm. and uh, dived into uh, selling insurance and, and really had to bootstrap it for a number of years before it was successful, but, but it was a perfect fit and we didn't have any cash going in whatsoever. So I hopefully I'll be able to share a lot of good things about how to build a business without the capital. That's a great, great story um, and a very early start. So that's the oldest trick in uh, parents' books. And I yeah. tried with my kids as well. <laughs> Unfortunately, not the same results yet. But Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> you'll, you'll get there, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, tell us a little bit. So you said, uh, you know, you started off um, without, you know, uh, with a part-time job and it took you some time to be successful. So tell us a little bit about your early part of your journey and, you know, what are the hardships and um, obstacles you overcame there? Okay. So what I thought about in the beginning is, you know, what type of health insurance can I sell where if I don't have money to buy leads, I can still gain business. And we initially decided that that would be group health insurance. So in the very beginning, I used to drive out to business parks all over Dallas Fort Worth and I would park my car and grab my briefcase and a set of business cards and I would literally walk in the front door and ask to speak with the HR person or whoever handled their benefits. A lot of times these were small businesses so you might even be talking to the owner right when you went in and I would just simply tell them that I was an insurance agent that could maybe lower the premiums on their health insurance. When did their health insurance renew for their company and okay, here's my card. Can I call you, uh, you know, about 60 days before that happens. And some of them would say, well, we'll call you. <laughs> and then that there were plenty that said, oh, sure. You know, our insurance renews in October. Give us a call this summer. And so I would take their information and then I would call them back uh, around that time frame. And it was a very slow start, as you can imagine, but uh, persistency is the key. If you just keep after it, eventually some of those people that have their group health insurance renewing, they want to work with an agent that's hungry to help get them the best deal so that she can earn a sale. And that's exactly what I did. So we just got appointed with a bunch of carriers and I started working with business owners, helping them set up employee group health insurance for two and five and 10 person companies. And then this initially, um, led into sometimes I would have a company where the business owner wasn't providing insurance for the employees, but as a self-employed person, he had to buy insurance for himself. Yeah, yeah. And so these people, of course, uh, were great targets for individual health insurance. So in addition to the group health insurance, we started doing the individual and also say that uh, one reason that insurance makes a great field for people that want to bootstrap is you can sell a life insurance policy to your family and friends. Everybody needs that kind of insurance. And that all comes with the health and life license. So we did a little bit of dabbling in everything just to piecemeal together. And I can remember sitting in my car thinking, 
man, someday when I have $500 a month in commissions coming in, I'm going to be legit. Like <laughs> it's going to be real. You know, <laughs> I totally remember where I was sitting when I thought that, and um, it was a real aspiration at that time. And it took us a little while to get there, but with enough time and effort into that, eventually we started having business owners who would ask us about their parents. Hey, just help me with my insurance. My mom is turning 65 and Medicare is really confusing. Can you help her? And after we heard that enough times, we started looking into that and we, we learned how to sell Medicare supplements and we began specializing in that. And then over the last 14 years, we've slowly moved away from all that other kind of insurance. And now we work just with the Medicare product. Um, but in the early days, what I did was just ask myself, what can I, what piece of this sector can I go out and sell with just my person, you know, gas in my car and a map of where to go to. And that's literally how we got enough money. And then every time we would earn money, um, because I had that little part-time job that paid enough for me to eat peanut butter, <laughs> I was able to take all the money from every commission that we made and invest that back into the business. Yeah, so, um, that was the way that we bootstrapped it from the very beginning. And it was just, uh, myself and then my brother and I, um, for about five years before we hired our first employee. That's great. Great story. Um, you brought up some really key points, uh, persistence and consistency, and also um, listening to your customers and, and uh, changing your business based on your customer uh, requirements. So, so those are really great um, pieces of advice right there. Um, all right. So let's dive into the rules of the road. Um, that's the main topic of our interview. So what's the first rule for building a successful business in general? So one of the things that I tell people at being in this business for a while, um, I often get contacted by insurance agents who are just starting their business and they see us online and they see that we're in 47 States and they want to know, how did you start? And I often tell them, you know, there's a couple ways that you can go out about this. But one of the rules that I tell people is money is always faster than time. So when you're putting in time and time and time in the beginning, if you can find any other way to pay your basic necessities and you take that money that you earn and you invest it back into the business and you pay yourself the bare minimum because you are your cheapest source of labor, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, then you capitalize on the fact that, that you have as much time as you could possibly put in and you will, you'll, you'll be glad to put in 60 or 80 hours a week. Um, or if you're doing it part-time, you'll put in seven hours in the evening, you'll get up early, you'll do all the things and you'll feel excited about it because it's your very own business. Um, but you always want to remember the time that you're putting in is expensive to you as well. So if you have any extra capital or if you can invest the profits that you make back into the business, hundred percent money is always faster than time. Mm -hmm. So you'll get there quicker, the more that you're able to invest that back into your business. Yeah, 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 for sure. Has, has this rule worked for every business that you know, or um, can you give us any exceptions and, and what are the consequences of not following this rule uh, earlier on? Sure. So um, I, I have known um, quite a few agencies, uh, other people that have started businesses, and I often have watched where someone who gets a cash infusion, maybe they go on Kickstarter or they do some crowdfunding or I know a couple of people who have found a private investor that have invested money and their business will just launch overnight because they have money to buy leads, they have money to buy the equipment they need. 
Um, they have the marketing dollars. And so their businesses just naturally grow faster. Now, the downside to that is on the back end, eventually, when you sell or when you're earning profits, you've got to pay those investors. Um, and on the other hand, I have seen people like myself um, who start off with just putting the time and effort in and they grow it slowly. But then when they build something um, and they can build it to whatever they want. I mean, I know a lot of very happy self-employed people who work 15 to 20 hours a week and make 50 grand a year and they couldn't be happier because they don't want to work that hard. They just want to earn this much and that's their dream business and that's lovely i think it's great different strokes for different folks and yeah. um those people though they have so much more control over their own destiny yeah, because yeah. they don't have uh, the pressure of having to to put money from someone else back into it so there's a couple different ways you could go there but that kind of gives you a little bit of the pros and cons of each cool all right um now uh now we also want to address uh, some people who may be uh, already running a business and they may already be in, in a situation where they haven't followed this piece of advice. So what kind of, um, uh, what should they do to get back on track? For example, you know, how, um, how can they rectify their mistake if they have made that already? Sure. So um, I always think with business starting, you have an opportunity to recommit. So if you've started with the strategy and it isn't working for you, you know, pick the route you're going to go. You're either going to put in your own type of time and bootstrapping effort. And if you've been trying that and it doesn't work, maybe it's time to try the other route. See if you can find an investor. You might be able to find a friend and family, somebody that you cut in a little piece of the business, or perhaps you can do a small business loan and it's just enough to get you off the ground. Um, whichever thing that you have not tried yet, if it's not working for you, you know, go the other route and give it a try. So if if you don't have money to invest, even though it is faster than time, mm -hmm. then don't feel, don't feel bad about doing it the way we did it, which is a nice slow growth because on the tail end of that is now, you know, you own a business that earns nearly eight figures and you don't owe anyone anything. Yeah. And so you'll be able to build to whatever level you want to. We've, we've grown to quite a large business, but like I said, there's many people with um, smaller businesses that are very happy. So take a look at what it is that you're trying so far that isn't working and then choose the other. Either put in more of your own hard labor to get it going and sort of just get up tomorrow and say, I'm gonna recommit to this strategy and now I'm gonna try this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if that's different than what you've been trying, um, maybe it's gonna turn over a new leaf for you. Yeah. All right. And um, can this apply to other industries other than insurance as well? I really think it applies to almost every industry. Um, I participate in a number of online groups for entrepreneurs and I'm always, and I'm sure maybe you feel this way too, but I'm always fascinated by everyone else's business. You know, what did they do? What, what field are they in? How did they start this? So if you're in another industry, um, the software industry, for instance, yeah, yeah. you can absolutely do the same thing, right? You can ask yourself, okay, it's going to, I need to put, I need to get these things done and I'm either going to invest a certain amount of money to get there mm -hmm. or I'm going to put in the time and effort. And I really find that to be sort of a universal principle. Um, you can find tons of businesses out there that have stories like mine where you had people who were entrepreneurs even when they were kids. Yeah. And then there's other people who just like had this fabulous idea when they were 37 and said, you know, I'm going to go try and do this and ended up being really, you know, successful at it. So I think you can apply it to a lot of different fields. 
Awesome. And um, I think you touched upon this already, but uh, this is a very important concept for any entrepreneurs. I'll bring it up again. Uh, what can uh, an entrepreneur do when money is required or resources are required for early business development? So, you know, you mentioned you went door to door, but um, uh, what, what, what can people do to, to uh, you know, jumpstart their business earlier on and get okay. present? So another thing that I did early on that didn't cost hardly any money was networking. Uh Um, And a lot of times people will say, well, go join your local chamber of commerce. And you can certainly do that. And and if you're a very social person, that will work really well for you. Um, But I think you could, the best thing you can do for networking is to find a professional association within your field. Mm -hmm. So for, for me, the National Association of Health Underwriters has a chapter right here in Fort Worth. And I'm the biggest introvert you'll ever meet. I like to go home at night and read a book. I'm not a social person really. Um, but to because I didn't have the cash to invest at that time of my business, I went ahead and I joined the association. And on the very first day at the end of the luncheon, I went up to the president and I introduced myself. And I said, you know, I know that a lot of times there's boards for associations like this and it's hard to find good people to volunteer for them. Do you have any openings that I could take some work off your plate? And he was on it. You know, he said right away, yes, we need a membership person. And I was like, well, I'm a new member. (laughs) I know all about membership. Let's do it. Um, So I volunteered to help. And what that did for me was it immediately introduced me to people who were already successful Mm. in the field that I really wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. So if you can find an association that you can plug in with like that, just going to the meetings, you're going to do a little bit of networking. You may meet some people, but by getting on the board, yeah. you're going to gain respect of people in the crowd. You're going to get to know the best movers and shakers because those are typically the people that are on the board. And, and for me, um, in my portion of the industry, I was doing Medicare and a lot of the people in this association are more of the group health people. So I was able to establish myself as kind of the resident Medicare expert. Mm. And they have referred that, that one action that I did in the very early years of my business resulted in me being on the board for six years. I eventually became the chapter president. I moved onto the state board and I was the editor of the magazine. And this has gained me hundreds and hundreds of referrals over the years from fellow insurance agents that do a different part of insurance than I do. And in a lot of fields, you'll have the same thing where you can join a local association, but within your own field, there's different niches yeah. and, you know, you establish yourself in that one niche and then you pay it forward. You know, if you have something that you run across that can be a referral for this guy, you go ahead and do that. And on the reverse of that, when they have someone that they can't help because they don't do, in my case, Medicare, they would refer them to me. Um, So that's another way that you could really find a way to plug in is find your local associations. There may be more than one. It's usually not that expensive to be a member and uh, volunteer for the board and see where that takes you. Yeah. I mean, at the core of it is uh, you provide some value upfront, help people, and then that gets returned, you know, eventually. So that's great. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you always have to remember to give as well as you get. So, you know, when you have an opportunity to help another person with something, go ahead and do that because they'll remember that and that all comes around. Yeah, that's what we are trying to do here as well. <laughs> that's right. All right. Um, so uh, besides this, um, do you have any recommendations on tools or websites or uh, similar uh, um, framework software that people can use to get started faster? Mm-hmm. 
So when any type of business that you're building, um, you're going to need to have um, some marketing knowledge. And so what I have done is I went on to, um, I have an app on my phone called Podcruncher and it's a, I think it's a two ninety nine app and it allows me to download various podcasts and I can search by industry. Okay. So I started listening to business podcasts and I listened to marketing podcasts and I just totally educated myself on all the things that you would need to market. So I knew there would be social media marketing. And so I follow a lady, her name is Amy Porterfield. She has a podcast called online marketing made easy mm -hmm. and teaches you everything you could ever want to know about marketing a business online super helpful podcast. It's one of the best tools that I have found. Um, and you'll uh, sometimes be able to also find podcasts that were, are within your own field. So you may be able to find one in, in your field that would be relevant to you. But you know, the things that you need to know that you don't know now, whether that be learning how to sell on social media or start some Facebook ads, uh, whether it's because you need to build a website and you need to have email lists, yeah. uh, Signing up for different podcasts and educating yourself on marketing was one of the best tools that we used to get going. So um, that's a good one. And then depending on the field that you're in, something that we sort of graduated to was in, after I had been selling the bootstrapping way for enough time, we had a little bit of cash coming in. Then you can find usually in most industries, you can find a way to buy leads for your particular industry. In, in insurance, there's online companies that you can, you know, somebody types their information and in asking for a quote and eight agents like me will buy that quote and then we go compete with each other for that business. Um, and that will make you a really good salesperson when you have to compete against other people for the same leads. Um, but so you want to find out in your particular industry, is there anyone out there that's sourcing leads that you can purchase those for? Find out what those cost. And that's another great tool that you can plug in for growing your business. That's great. All right. Um, uh, now, are there any other critical um, rules that you want to share or any other stories that you may want to share to inspire our listeners and audience um, who are trying to kickstart their business or they may already be running a business, but you know, they need help in expanding it? Sure. Um, something I have noticed a lot, and I, and I always share this with the new people coming into the industry, is remember to run your own race. Um, sometimes we can get into this comparison mindset and you can look at all the people in your industry that are already doing it and they're so successful and they're so good at it and, and you watch them and you just think to yourself, there's no piece of the pie left for me. Yeah. Like there's all these successful people and they're already doing so great. Who's going to want to work with me when there's this person over here doing that? And, and I really did some of that myself in the beginning. Like I would find these agents online and they would just be amazing. And I would think, geez, how long is it going to take me to get to that level? And you can really talk yourself down by doing that. And so you have to remember that everybody starts from somewhere and that successful person that you're ooing and eyeing over that person also started somewhere. I guarantee you there was a day where they sat in their car and looked forward to the first month that they would make $500 <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I did. They have those days too. So try not to um, compare yourself too often to everybody else that's already doing it. You have to know that you are running your own race. And so if you get there in one year or five years or 17 years, it doesn't matter. It's your own race. Yeah. So, 
don't compare yourself so much to everybody else around you that is succeeding. Ask, ask yourself, what can you do? What is the one activity that you could do every day this week that's going to put you, you know, a little further ahead next month? And then what can you do to build on that? And try to keep your timeline short. If you look too far off into the distance, you can get so overwhelmed and you don't need to go that far. You know, make your business plan for the rest of that year. Yeah. And then you want to take massive action. Brainstorm it out. Get a piece of paper and do a thought download and just write down everything that you could possibly do this month that could maybe move the needle just for you a little bit next month. And then go perform those activities and then do it again. And if you're taking massive action like that every day in your business and you're running your own race and you're not worrying about Sally Sue over here, that's so much farther ahead of you. Um, you will find that you will succeed eventually because it's again, that persistence that really matters. That's what matters to get you where you need to go. Very good advice. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, just keeping a positive mindset and persistence and consistency. Yeah. Eventually mm -hmm. you get there. Yeah. And if um, and mindset can be a struggle sometimes, you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, because we do get down on ourselves, you think the success should be there. Yeah. And so if you struggle with that, um, there are podcasts about mindset. So there's also books that you can read about that that will help you to kind of reframe that. And another thing that I always recommend for that as well is find someone in the business and ask them to be your mentor. Mm -hmm. So find a person that's already doing it, that's more successful in, than you, um, ask them if you could take them to lunch and pick their brain and you can literally just ask them. That's what I did. I, I asked a friend of mine that I had met in the association. Did he know anybody that was an agent a little further ahead of me that maybe been doing it for a few years that could be like my coach. Yeah. And she was more than willing to sit down and tell me all the secrets to the business. And I can remember being down on myself a couple of days, like maybe you would have a policy that falls out, right? You know, you work so hard to put these on the books and then when someone cancels one, it's devastating in the beginning. And I remember her telling me, um, this is why we're in this industry because the policies that you wrote the last six months are still paying you every month. And so it doesn't matter that the one drops out. And so that person can sometimes be the little positive voice in your ear when you tend to have one of those days where you're just like, man, this is getting nowhere. Yeah. Um, see if you can find a mentor that can help you keep that positive mindset. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that's another great point, but um, a lot of introverts uh, like, like you and I, I mean, um, uh, I talk to people about mentors and uh, sometimes they say, okay, you know, I don't have anybody in my network or I don't know how to approach them. But to your point, there's so much uh, free information available in terms of podcasts and YouTube yeah. channels. So that can be uh, used as a mentor. Um, I agree. Don't have access to a live mentor. Of, of course, having a live mentor, you know, guiding you through the process is great. Uh, so those yeah. are great pieces of advice. Thank you so much for that. You bet. All right. So uh, uh, now that brings us to the end of the interview. Thank you so much, Danielle, uh, for sharing all your wisdom. I'm sure our audience enjoyed it thoroughly and have a, a very good idea about how they can uh, launch their own business and grow it without a huge infusion of cash. Thank you so much for that. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. So again, I'm Manoj Agarwal and thanks a lot for joining us on the Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. I'm guessing there are a lot of type A ambitious personalities in the audience today. And you guys are always busy thinking about your next big move, your next plan to conquer the world. I know 
because I am also constantly trapped inside my own head. To avoid stress and live a healthy and happy life, I highly recommend Ziva Online Meditation Course. This course is taught by world-renowned meditation teacher Emily Fletcher. Trust me, meditation has been scientifically proven to reduce stress and heal chronic ailments. So if you want to learn meditation, then you would want to check out this course for sure. I can vouch for it. It helped me tremendously. Go to go.tetranoodle.com slash z1. That's go.tetranoodle.com slash z1. And now, I'd like to invite you to check out my software consulting services and professional training programs at www.tetranoodle.com. We provide world-class consulting services on anything related to technology and software. And we are growing very fast in the areas of education and professional training for software and IT engineers. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes to get automatic episode updates for our Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and rating on iTunes. They really help us out when it comes to the ranking of the show and I make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and curious. Have a great day.